So the number one thing when people hear about what it is, the number one statement is, I wish they had that when I was a kid. And that is exactly why it was started. Me and Braden are like, I wish they had this when I was a kid. When I grew up, I was, I didn't know my multiplication tables by heart. And I thought I was like wearing a, a scarlet letter, if you will, for the rest of my life, because you're never going to be of value. People are going to look at you and judge you. You don't know math. You're bad at spelling and grammar. Meanwhile, though, I was like you. I was like, put me in the front of the room. Don't ask me to write the report. I'll deliver the report verbally. Like that's where my strength is. And Fantastic. Hello, 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 and welcome to Afternoon Tea. I am super duper excited today because we have the Leah Koss joining us. Let me set this up first, if you please. Leah Koss is the co-founder and president of Build a Biz Kids, an organization that is challenging the education system and innovating how, why, and what we teach our kids in order to better prepare them for a fast-changing world. This we need. Build a Biz Kids offers live courses for kids focused on hands-on real-world projects with a focus on entrepreneurship to develop their essential human skills. Leah is also on a mission to change the way we value and educate people in society. With a background in franchising and entrepreneurship, Leah made the transition into the education industry to help achieve her mission. In the end, Leah hopes to provide youth with skills and perspective, pardon me, that will serve them for the rest of their lives and equip the world with better, happier humans. My gosh, we need more better and happier humans, Leah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure. Well, isn't this going to, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun because you know what? You and I share one thing, which is the next generation. You know, we, we really believe that the next generation needs not just the typical, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, but they need entrepreneurship skills. You know, they may need to, um, they need to lead the charge and not just be better business people, but understand what makes a better business person, as well as the the benefits and the challenges of being a better business person. But tell you what, before we build a better business person, why don't you tell me what is Build a Biz Kids and where did it come from? Yeah, you bet. So Build a Biz Kids is it's a registered charity. Um, you know, the logistics of it is we started off offering kids primarily entrepreneurship programs. Uh, but very quickly, we realized that the mission was much bigger. You know, we could either help, you know, a class of kids, a class of kids, a class of kids to kind of think a little bit differently about the world around them and to take action on it at such a young age. So for um, sometimes when we hear youth entrepreneurship, we think teenagers, but no, we're like hitting them up real young. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going from seven to 13. So these are like super young, starting their own business, making their own money. Kind of cool. By, by the time they're teenagers, you can start charging your kids rent with the trajectory we have kids on with our programs. Fantastic. But we've really realized that it's so much more than that. So we're about innovating education and not just the what we're teaching. So you mentioned things like math and reading and things like that but really how we're teaching. So that being the teacher and turning them from a teacher to a facilitator, um, taking the pressure off of them. It's not, you know, God help us if the teacher is supposed to be the smartest person in the room. Um, we don't want kids to grow up following the lead of one individual's opinion and teaching. We want that to become a facilitation where they facilitate discovery to their students. They help students think about the world around them and start taking action and trying things. Um, so it's about the how, it's about the what we're teaching them. You know, you mentioned math and reading and writing. I mean, 
let's be real. Uh, if you have dyslexia these days, it's not going to be as much of an issue. You can do, um, you know, voice to text and write an entire report without ever knowing spelling and grammar. Um, you can read books by listening to audiobooks. You don't need to worry about those types of things. And when it comes to math, we literally walk around with calculators on us all the time and machines can do stuff way faster way longer, 24 hours a day without vacation pay. Um, so we just don't need that stuff anymore. So it's the how, it's the what, um, and then it's really about the big picture objectives. Do we need to change what the purpose of educating kids is? Because for some parents, it's kind of just, thank God that somebody takes my kids for a bunch of hours of the day and hey, they come back and they've learned a few things, but you know, realistically, they're probably not going to use a lot of that. Other parents are, are very happy for their kids to be very academically inclined. And they're happy with the system. And then there's some who maybe are like yourself and, and certainly me who I go, all right, but does that matter to the real world? What do you actually need to learn? If we have kids in school for 12 years, what the heck are we teaching them that by the time they graduate, they come out less confident, less excited and feeling that they're not yet of value to their world because they got to start going into school again and spend money on it this time, right? And they're supposed to know what their passion is. They're supposed to know this. They're supposed to know that. And, and they just aren't getting those answers. And, and that's documented on tests and quizzes and surveys that they do with high school grads every single year. So we really want to just start changing the conversation around why we're educating kids. What should we educate kids with? That's a dangerous question, though. Of course, we all have our own opinion on that. Um, and then starting to take action ourselves, living what we teach our kids, take action. And so we're innovating things, everything from really cool software for kids. You know, in a day and age of COVID, kids can't get that same um, experience that they once could. So we've got like this virtual reality program being developed. And it's actually just finished its first phase where kids are learning how to deliver public speaking to what feels like an audience of people virtually. And the audience is tapped into AI Watson technology. And so they actually are responsive. If you're doing a good job, they're leaning in, they're intrigued. If you're doing a bad job, they start looking at their phones, you know, just like in real life. Uh, we've got stock market investment technology. We have entrepreneurship programs, as you mentioned, um, but we also do research projects. We do community engagement. We teach kids about social impact and advocacy. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot going on over here for sure with Build Up His Kids. And um, that's really what's what's interesting about it is it was COVID that really kicked us in the butt and allowed us to start realizing we were in our own bubble. We needed to break out of that and realize there's such a bigger mission and so much more that we could be doing. That's, that's I mean, first off, that's awesome. Uh, secondly, I just want to say, I, I remember in school, you know, you're talking about the, the public speaking part. And I remember everyone was, everyone was always nervous in my school when I was growing up. And I was like, why? This is easy. Like, I, that was the one thing I love doing, right? It didn't bother me. But, you know, I would always tell my friends, you know, the, the typical, just imagine everyone in the crowd being in their underwear, or their pajamas or whatever, right? Well, now you can do it. <laughs> like, you can actually <laughs> test that out, which, you know, I don't know if Watson's going to go that way. But uh, anyhow, you know, just... Uh, that's an interesting idea, I suppose. Well, when did when did when did you found 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 um, the organization, and with whom did you found it? Sure. So it was founded uh, 2018, uh, the beginning of the year, with uh, my co-founder Braden Ricketts, and it was started truly by fluke. It was, I mean, all <laughs> I feel like every great thing happens by accident uh, because you're not trying so hard and you're letting things evolve based on the needs, not your own agenda. Mm -hmm. 
And so I was in franchising at the time. Um, Braden, he was working with a charity, a really large organization here, and he was looking to change. He'd been in charity. <laughs> the irony, he was looking for a change, and now he started a charity. Um, but he was looking for a change. He has a son who at the time, I believe, was about eight or nine years old. And he was like, wow, my kid really needs this kind of education. And then he was kind of dabbling in it part time. And then I saw it and I was like, "Ooh, we can make this bigger because that's what franchising is. Ooh, you've got a good business. Let's take a make it explode. And so I got my hands on it and started really running with it. Um, and it was all by accident. It was truly just, it presented itself and, and so much of it. So the number one thing when people hear about what it is, the number one statement is I wish they had that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is exactly why it was started. Me and Braden are like, I wish they had this when I was a kid, when I grew up, I was, I didn't know my multiplication tables by heart. And I thought I was like wearing a, a, scarlet letter, if you will, for the rest of my life, because you're never going to be of value. People are going to look at you and judge you. You don't know math. You're bad at spelling and grammar. Meanwhile, though, I was like you. I was like, put me in the front of the room. Don't ask me to write the report. I'll deliver the report mm -hmm. verbally. Like that's where my strength is. And, you know, taking action on stuff, being curious, asking good questions. But none of that was on my report card. So I just grew. And plus back in my time, you know, 80s and 90s, entrepreneurship was not even a word. It was nope. self-employed, which meant, which meant, you know, for my family, oh, that's like, is that like grandpa who just like buys and sells cars and hustles, but he never really has a lot of money? Is that what that means? Uh, uh, un unemployed. Unemployed. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. So, um, and then you take it a step further and women, I mean, gosh, there was no such thing as women entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, none of that really connected for me. And I definitely grew up with um, a lot of defensiveness a lot of um, talking over people because that was my strength and going to lean into it and deflect away from all of my weaknesses mm -hmm. um, and just never really felt like I was going to be valuable. I knew I could do a lot, but I knew that people were going to judge me. That's just how I felt growing up. And I know a lot of, of teenagers are feeling that way. But what's interesting is with AI, technology, robots, all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of adults feeling that way now because they're going... I don't feel as valuable in my job anymore. You know, I've been downsized. I'm getting less hours. There's a robot coming in every three years. I got to learn a new software in my job. Why can't I just do it the way that I used to do it? And so we're starting to really question what is valuable in the world anymore? What, mm. what does the world need? Mm. But what you are, what I would, I would even argue we need more entrepreneurs because, you know, then you have people that aren't, I say this a lot and I use the air quotes, but you know, working for the man, right? I mean, you choose your, well, your destiny is part of the journey, but I mean, you do your best to surf the wave you create, right? And then, you know, hopefully either that has more upside or at least, you know, at least it's a journey, at least it's an adventure. And if you can, if you can put that adventure um, into people's minds, I think that's wonderful. Well, as, as a, so explain to me, is it like a, a class they take? Is it like it's, it's outside of typical school, I assume? Um, what, would, what would like a, a one-day experience be for a, for a build-a-biz kid? Well, you know, we, we have had one-day experiences, but for the most part, everything is about taking action. I am, a, I am hugely against um, kind of the classical education system, which is becoming an expert in theory. You know, even if you go too hard down the road of which I got an inflated ego when I finally did learn about entrepreneurship in my early 20s, because I'm like, I've read every good book, e-myth, good to great, you name it, I've read it, I'm, I know what I'm doing. And then sure enough, I start my first business and, and it's because, oh, 
I just knew the theory of it. Execution, way different, not to mention all the crazy variables that mm-hmm. are never going to have a manual or a book to go into it, right? So um, for our experiences, when we first started would probably be the easiest way to describe it. So we would have um, programming where kids would come for 10 weeks. And over the course of those 10 weeks, they're learning step by step um, how to launch a business, but then they actually launch it. And that's mm-hmm. the key thing. The other thing is, is there have been entrepreneurship programs and, and I love them. So I'm not um, hooing, hooing them, but the entrepreneur affairs that happen in schools are great But it's still a bit of a contrived experience because they're only opening up that market day to friends and family, and they're there to be supportive of the kids. We are not of the same mind. We're like, take that seven-year-old, put them in the mall, and they're going to get some really nice customers, but they're going to get some real mean people. (laughs) And that's where the resiliency is built. That's also where they don't feel like it's fake, right? There's that feeling of accomplishment that you feel like if your mom tells you you're so beautiful, you're so smart, you're like, yeah, okay, thank you. That feels good. But like, you have to. I I always believed her. Are you telling me it's not true? Because David will be crushed. (laughs) You know, your brother's pretty handsome. But (laughs) there you go. There you you go. (laughs) So it's like, it's that thing where when you do put them out into the real world, for one, it's an incredible experience for the kids where they really are flexing their, their skills. They're developing them in the real world and it doesn't feel like they've been handed anything. They worked for it. But the second thing is the parents. We have a rule at our market days. So, so the kids do just to bring that full circle. Our kids then launch in a public atmosphere. Usually it's at the mall. That's about as general public as it gets. Mm -hmm. And the number one rule before the kids open their doors for the day is I stand on a stool and I call all the parents and I say, thank you so much for coming. Go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not allowed. The rule is you're not allowed to be at your child's booth. You can go visit other kids' booths, but you're not allowed to be there at your own child's. And it's almost like a ballet recital because the parents are sitting there going, my kid's shy. What are they doing talking to strangers? Wait a minute, my my kid's bad at math. How are they making change? There's all these preconceived notions because parents want to protect their kids from things that could threaten them or hurt their feelings. But it's so incredible. I always remember Carly. She's so funny. I think she was only about eight at the time. And she had these succulents in like teacups. And she was selling those at the mall. And this um, elderly person had their hands behind their back and just kind of walked up to her booth and was kind of staring at her stuff. And Carly's like, hi, would you like to hear more about my succulents? And she's like all happy. And the person just literally goes, it mm, mm, just kind of walks away. And Carly, so life. <laughs> right? and Carly turns to us and goes, they're grumpy. And then she's just like, off she goes. Meanwhile, it's like all of us are like holding our breath going, oh my God, she's going to be devastated. No, no, there's mm. so- Brilliant when you give them the space to be right. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. So, what's the, what's the typical age of the of the, of the kids that are in the program? Yeah, seven to thirteen. Seven to thirteen. Oh, we try okay. to very hit them good. before they're teenager. Um, now, there's a lot of incredible programs out there. League of Innovators, Yell, uh, things of that nature that help uh, teenagers with entrepreneurship. Uh, for us, we make our programs uh, publicly available, so we don't run them in the school systems. Not to say that mm-hmm. we wouldn't. Um, It's just that we want to make sure that everyone can attend if they want to opt in. Uh, They are 10 weeks long. And um, what was I going with there? Yeah, just uh, essentially it's it's a real world program that the kids are going to be able to really dive in and and hands on execute in their own community. 
Well, I, I actually like that it's outside the school. And the, and the reason why is, yeah, I mean, the, the, the people at Yale, I mean, they're great. I'm a judge for a lot of their things. And so it's like 500 other people per per event. It's incredible the support you get. But yeah. the fact that it's kind of isolated from the school, I think actually makes it more interesting because as an entrepreneur, you're trying to say, hey, I'm unique and I'm different and I have value. And if you're putting in the same sort of meticulous system of the education platform, you know, I'm going to go to my Pink Floyd, we don't need no education sort of, you know, world. Yeah. Um, you're, you're just one of many. But if you have it outside that and, you know, you're going, okay, you know what, it's it's me, I'm, I'm learning the skills, but it's I'm, it's outside. You know, this is this is me learning in my comfort zone outside. I think that's a better way to focus on that that self, you know, the, 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 the energy that's needed within to be resilient, to be, hey, this is an idea I want to try out. Um, so I, I, I really think that's, I think that's a great way of doing it. And I, and I uh, you know, really applaud that. Well, so I think COVID's going to be, in, like, I hate to say it this way. I mean, I always hate to say COVID's good for business, COVID's good for this. But one theme that I'm getting out of these podcasts that I've been so blessed to be talking to such amazing people is, is that 2008 was a, was a huge time to create a business. And I think, you know, that was a blip on the calendar compared to what we're dealing with now. Do you see like what sort of amazing opportunities or do you think, you know, what amazing opportunities are going to come out of COVID and, um, you know, the seeds that you're planting from that? Yeah. So when we talk about like the recession that I think you're talking about with like 2008 and then Mm -hmm. um, COVID today, it's just like the real real estate market. I read an article today saying, you know, prices are probably going to drop by summer, right? it kind of becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy that gets groupthink going. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that I always like to point out is COVID is something where I can look at you and go, hey, Chris, COVID, right? And you go, yeah, COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's just this thing that everybody knows what's going on. But, you know, there's a lot of people before COVID and after COVID and during COVID that got cancer that ended up having to uh, go back to their, they came to Canada or the U.S. and now they have to go back to their country. They had a family member get COVID. Um, They had a business that was struggling that had nothing to do with COVID. Um, They lost their child um, uh, or a family member. There's a lot of stuff always going on. And so if we treat COVID like a specific instance that I can't even tell you how many times after the recession, when I would ask people, oh, so tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. Well, I had a business, but you know, the recession kind of took it out from under me. If we're going to allow those to always be the acceptable responses, then that's defeating our ability to be Carly with that resiliency because COVID just happens to be something that when you say it, I go, oh yeah. But, yeah, but, but you know what? I, I, I am going to be Carly with resilience. Because what I mean when I see this, I actually mean it in a positive way because digital transformation was like a slingshot and entrepreneurship is scaled so nice because of the digital transformation. I mean, I have my, my 14 year old daughter who I was doing her resume because she's really excited about getting a job and she's super ambitious. It's just, you know, I'll do a shout out to Sila. You know, my, my son is too, but she's just got a couple more years. So she's ready, ready to take on the world. And I was helping with her resume and I'm like, you got no job experience, but my God, I would hire you from reading this resume because, you know, oh, one of my job experience. Oh, I've sold over $2,000 in clothes on, on Instagram in the last month. I've done. And it's like, dang, you know, like, yeah. how do you do all this? And I but, think the tools are out there to make that opportunity exist. It didn't, that wasn't there. Maybe pre-COVID, yes, but it's sped up. And that's why that's why I get excited about it. Yeah, but technology was new back then, too. 
I mean, Zoom was only just coming out. LinkedIn had only been around a handful of years. Instagram, I don't even think that existed back then, right? So there's always going to be innovations in technology. And I suppose that's what I'm getting at. Don't look around you and say, is it okay for me to be successful yet? Is is this a good time to buy? Is this a good time to start a business? It's always a good time. Always a good time. When you start, you will always have something that wants to kick you between the legs and it's mm-hmm. up to you to be able to pull through it. And it might be something like COVID where everybody goes, oh yeah, we empathize, but it could be other things where you're like, nobody knows what struggles I'm actually having in my world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you really have to come into it going, this is, this is for the long haul, but that's not just as an entrepreneur. That's also in your own career because mm-hmm. your company could go under. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things that could happen that you just you can either feel out of control on, or you can feel like, no, I've got some control. There's just some variables that I need to now uh, recalibrate around. I dig it. I dig it. Well, can you, can you give me an example of, I mean, I, I love the example with the, the succulents and all that, but can you give me an example of what's kind of like a real world project that some of the kids would be, would be doing? And, you know, is it digital? Is it, uh, you know, like, what, how, how does it work? Let's just, I, I'd love to hear. Yeah, for sure. So when things were in person, I've mentioned how they're actually launching a business. So that would definitely be a hands-on thing. There's also ones where mm-hmm. we do collaborative businesses that are based around social impact. Helping kids at seven years old feel like they can have a positive effect um, in a collaborative sense is a lot. Like there's so many essential human skills in that exercise, uh, democracy, um, making decisions, things of that nature with a group, and then understanding that hey, we can all build a business together and that money can go towards a local charity. So that's another thing that we would do. But, you know, COVID's here. So we ended up being able to pivot online in about 12 days. So when kids were supposed to go back to school after spring break, we were online, we pivoted everything, but we also offered everything for free. We partnered with other partners in um, our area as well as in North America. We ended up expanding our reach. So talk about a benefit of COVID. It got us out of Mm. our bubble and realized... (laughs) why aren't we talking to people outside of our backyard? Like there's no reason not to, right? And so (laughs) distance didn't matter. Uh, We offered programs, collaborated with other um, education-oriented companies that couldn't pivot technology as fast as we could. So they just hopped on board. Um, But now, you know, you look ahead. So for 2021, for summer camps, we have um, things like graphic design courses, Mm. but the students are actually looking at both existing brands as well as brands that they're going to make. We have start an online business where kids are actually learning how to create their own e-commerce store um, and building it, understanding target markets, empathizing with customers, brand books, all that kind of real world stuff. Uh, We have a public speaking camp a maker's lab, which is all about prototyping and solving problems in the world and that you find around you. Uh, So all of those are meant to be not just learning the theory, but they're actually building them in their households and and for their communities. But one of the things that I love most about what COVID's allowed us to do um, is, for one, we started a second company called BBK Network. It was completely by accident and it was to serve um, uh, just this new COVID demand that we had. And much like if a person said, what's your kids in? You're like, oh, they're in karate, they're in piano. It's insinuating that that you've put them in something and they're just going to keep going and keep growing and keep getting better until they're sick of it. Mm. The same thing with BBK Network. Never has there been a program where you can say, oh, my kid's in business. Oh, my kid's learning economics and, you know, stock market Mm -hmm. stuff. And so (laughs) you're putting them in this program and it just keeps going until they age out of it at age 14. Mm-hmm. And that one, why I'm so excited about it is talk about bubbles. So right now in this day and age, social media has allowed us to really observe how different we are and how 
acceptance is not as accepting as we once thought it was. We thought we were, you know, especially here in Canada, we, we kind of sit on a pedestal going, wow, we're so inclusive. But then it's like, wow, we really don't understand. Like I'm over on the West. You live on the East. It's such a different world over there, how they talk, how they interact, what's, what's important to them. And so when we have kids who are being raised in a household where they're only exposed to what the family allows in that household, and then they go to school and they're only learning what's allowed in that bubble. And even when they go to the grocery store, they're only learning what um, the social niceties are. You know, do we look people in the eyes when we walk down the aisles or do we not make eye contact? Do we say, excuse me, or sorry, or what is that? When we put them in this online classroom now with BBK Network, that's going to be a classroom where there's a kid from Texas, Colorado, California, Mm -hmm. Toronto, BC, all in one classroom working on learning the same theories and how they can look at their world, what questions to ask and take on projects, but then they go into their own communities and take action. But they're talking to other people. It's like pen pals on steroids because they're like, wait a minute, that's what you're learning in school? Is That's what you you do in your household? Like they're, we're busting the bubbles open so that kids can start gaining this empathy, understanding, new perspective about the entire world that they're in, or at least right now for North America. They're going to start learning more in that respect and then carrying that over into the real world projects that we have them do with the BBK network. That, that, you know, that sounds real. It makes me reflect on uh, the last, the last um, recording that I did was with, uh, it was, it was a great one with, with Michael Chang of, of Lumen five and where they came up with the company is actually just after university, he went to a cross Canada, you know, don't have an idea, just have that. It's like band camp for, you know, for people to meet. And he, he, you know, so he met his two partners that are out of Alberta through this. They had no idea. And this is his second um, business with them. And I would love if what you did is created some sort of opportunity for, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a young 12 year old lady from Texas to, you know, learn business. And then five years later, she's, you know, back with the guy from Richmond and they start a business together. And, and I, I mean, I love, I love that idea. I think, I think that's, I think that is, is, is honestly super, super cool. Um, do you have a time where the kids just put up a fight going, mom wants me to do this. Dad wants me to do this. I don't want to do this. Do you, do you have that type of a situation happen? Sometimes, sometimes. But I think that's where with our mission of not just what we teach, but how we teach really comes in. So with everything, and Chris, I'm sure you can relate, especially pre-COVID, we would go to a networking event or a seminar and we're sitting in the audience or even now with all the webinars we can tap into. And we start listening and we're like, why did I come here? Like, Mm. oh gosh, if I leave, are they going to notice? Like, this just doesn't feel relevant to me. And that's really such a key with the education system that I think is missing. Um, Because if you have a child come to us and they're like, I don't want to be here. My mommy told me I'm going to be doing a lot of math, for example. So maybe a kid really hates math in school. Well, Mm. I always tell people it's because you're talking about Timmy and Susie having apples and oranges and Timmy took five of her apples. And now how many Mm -hmm. does Susie have? And it just has no relevance. And that's where you and I have the age old joke of, oh, when am I going to use algebra when I grow up? Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. I use algebra all the time in freaking business because that's how I go. Well, I want to make this much money. How much of this do I have to sell at this price in order to make it? Mm -hmm. But if that was taught to me in terms of, hey, Leah, what would you like to, to get for yourself? I want a Nintendo with, you know, Duck Hunter, <laughs> whatever we had, you know, Mario. I'd be like, okay, so how much money do you need? Okay, well, cool. Let's figure out a way to get there. And all of a sudden you've got me engaged because you've tapped into the relevance 
And what I call the what's in it for me factor Mm. need every time on a podcast like this, when you're delivering a seminar, anything, you need to make sure that the people in the audience go, oh, I see where I'm going to use this. Oh, this they're talking right to me. I get Mm. it. So the what is one thing, you know, we got to teach things like costs and margins and profits and revenue. And we could approach that in a really boring way. But before we get into that, we always tie it back to, hey, kiddo. I know you don't want to be here. Don't worry. We're going to make this fun for you. But first, tell us what fun is for you. What, what's exciting? What are you looking forward mm-hmm. to that what we're about to teach you, we can show you how that's going to tie in to allow that to come to fruition. And that really is a, a big disconnect, I feel, not just in the education system, but a lot of times, I just did actually a LinkedIn video on this going, the people give a, a, a poop when you, when you talk. Mm-hmm. And it could be because you're forgetting about the, it's WIIFM. It sounds like a radio station, but really it's tuning into them on what's important, like what's in it for me is what that stands for. And mm-hmm. making sure that when you talk, you've actually, you've connected with them on that level. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I really, I really loved your, your answer there because basically what you're saying is, okay, you've come and you might not know what this is, or you might not know what's in it for you. But the fact is entrepreneurship is huge because it's everything. And we can make it interesting for you because you tell me what you love and we can track that. We can, we can say, okay. I mean, people don't sell flowers because they hate flowers. You know, people do things they love because it's something that intrigues them. And I think if you can create that bug and the fact is, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe you can learn how to make money around what you love. Well, that's even more interesting, I think. And you know, that, that, that need and greed is important. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just reflecting on, on really how cool, how cool that is. And, uh, you know, the, again, all these uh, seeds you can plant and, and, uh, and get people, get people going. So you, how you said it's 2018, you started, so you don't, you and you go to age 14. So I'm assuming you don't have too many, you know, um, unicorn companies who have come out of this program quite yet, but is there been like a couple of kids that you go, wow, like I meet, I meet people and I'm like, Hey, I don't think your idea is there yet. I don't think product market fit is there yet, but I know you're going to succeed. Like you just, you just know from the way they ask questions, how they think, how they, how they, 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 you know, just measure everything. Have you met any kids that go, wow, I want to, I want to know them long-term because they're going to do so much. Yeah, no, certainly a lot. I mean, I could say, um, Owen, uh, was probably one of the biggest, uh, hustlers, if you will. Mm. Um, Tyga, he, I think nobody's beaten his record yet with a market day and how much he was able to sell. And he's continued to grow his business. There's a lot of um, incredible kids, but here's the other thing though. We had kids, um, for example, there was a kid named Jake. He was in our very first market day and he didn't do so well. Um, He was selling dog leashes, but they were only about yay long. So (laughs) not so good when you're trying to walk your dog. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, they were very expensive in terms of uh, traditionally you want things under 10 or $8 at a kid's market day. His was about 12 or 15, if I remember correctly. And so we didn't sell many, but you know, there was a couple things that came from that. So for one, Jake's dad came up to me and said, you know, I just have to say, Jake's never felt like he fit in. He's not into sports. He's not like a painter, a dancer, and he's not even super like necessarily academic in the traditional sense. But one thing that I loved is he took such ownership. He felt like this was his And he couldn't be judged on the the results because it was his. It's not supposed to look like yours. And so much in the education system is, is how close does yours resemble what the teacher put out there, right? And so he felt like he could take real big ownership of it. But Jake came back a second time 
And he had learned the first time when he looked around the room, he said, okay, I got to have something under $5. And it looks like the food seems to sell the most. So he came back and he did Jake's giant cookies and he sold out within halfway through the market day. So is Jake going to do amazing things? Yeah. I really believe that because of this, it's going to enhance that child's reflection on their value and what they're capable of at an earlier age than for a lot of us where we go, oh, I'm 35 and oh, I guess I can start doing things that I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to reflect on one thing that you've said, which is entrepreneurship being everything. So we happen to, to teach entrepreneurship, but I really want to um, classify that for the parents who are listening on here. The world has a lot of entrepreneurs and it will continue to have entrepreneurship. But if all of us were entrepreneurs and how many of us associate entrepreneurship, which is like a go-getter, independent, can take over the world, that's not necessarily going to be a great world. (laughs) So we need people, though, to embrace a lot of skills that entrepreneurship just happens to be able to teach us really well with, right? And so we always describe it as I know biz is in our name, build a biz kids, right? And part of us reflects going, oh, darn, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot there. But (laughs) we use entrepreneurship as a medium of teaching. But if tomorrow some other better medium for developing as many human essential soft skills comes along, we will throw entrepreneurship out the window and dive in that direction. Because ultimately, we're trying to create better humans who feel more fulfilled and happy with themselves. They've been able to discover and explore their passions uh, without harsh judgment from the world because you're not fitting into my box of what a valuable person is. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to quantify that because um, many of these kids, like if I go, oh, like Owen for sure is going to be an entrepreneur. In fact, he's already unemployable. This kid is hilarious. Uh, He came in one day. So in classes, we give kids some swag, right? Like here's a water bottle and a journal and a t-shirt. And he turns to the teacher on the first day and goes, there's actually no purpose to this. You've totally spent money on things that you could have put in other areas of your business. And he, I think was 10 or 11. We're just like, Oh dear Lord. (laughs) So this kid kind of gets it right. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's going to be amazing, but there's a lot of other kids who um, Tyga, who I mentioned, he's broken the record. Nobody's ever sold as much as him in in one solo market day, but he's actually continuing to build his business to save money to go to university. Awesome. So it's really about Tyga's developed a lot of skills that's going to serve him. He wants to go into things about space. Uh, If I remember, you know, very space-ish, I'm not going to butcher what it is that he's going into because he probably listened to this and go, no, that's not what I want. Um, But it's something along those lines, which chances are, you know, unless he's going to be an Elon Musk, he's probably just going to be really excited about exploring his passion as an employee working for an organization, and that's okay. So I just want to really make sure that parents know it's okay if your child isn't starting a business. It's okay. Um, they can. We need people who are good coups, good financial, you know, CFOs, uh, CTOs. We also need people who are willing to answer the phone and talk to our customers, right? Um, so I love every employee I have in my organization. I know that these kids are going to be better employees and entrepreneurs or maybe both when they get older, simply because they've been able to flex these skills earlier. Well, that's awesome. And it's, and it's teamwork. You know, at, at the end of the day, you can't do everything by yourself. You have to be figure out how to 
align everyone so you're moving in the same direction and that's just as important and and i mean one thing i'm also imagining i mean especially when you're talking about you know the, the from the short leashes to the cookies um it's always process over product and 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 that's the one thing that I always have to, when I'm doing the, the judging for Yell, for example, it's always in my head first, process over product, okay? These are high school students. They're probably doing it by committee and it was the first idea they came up with. So don't think about what they're building. Think about the journey and what they produced to share that story. And I think that's what we should be judging on because you know what, you can you can replace, as, as you said, you know, short leash with cookie, and at the end of the day, it's the tools are going to be similar to get there, you know? So how did you, how did you learn? How did you adapt? And, um, you know, and I, I think, I think that's cool. Well, we'll tell you, what, I mean, we're talking about the next generation here. So I think you've, you've got this one, you got this one on your hand, but you know, the, 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 the philosophy of this podcast is, you know, to interview Canadian founders in order to, you know, help propel the, uh, the, 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 the next generation of startups to make, make them learn faster from our mistakes or from our, our learnings. Um, can you share one piece of advice for that next generation startup um, that they might be able to benefit from? Oh, yeah. You know what? Um, there's two I can share because they've been so relevant to my world today, but they made such an impact on me like 10 years ago. The first thing that I was told that completely changed how I looked at life was there's no right answer. Mm-hmm. And that's so counterintuitive to a high school or college student because they've been told, but it's a multiple choice test. There's only one right answer. No, even in science, there's no right answer. That's why science keeps evolving, right? (laughs) So just take that pressure off yourself to not have to find and know and feel the responsibility as an entrepreneur, especially, but I'm supposed to know all the answers. That's why they're looking to me for leadership. No, that is not the role of an entrepreneur. Think of it, my analogy with the teacher, your job as a teacher is not to have all the answers. It's to facilitate the discovery of Mm -hmm, better mm -hmm. understanding. That's what your role is as an an entrepreneur. Just try things. Don't even call it failure. The whole fail forward thing. Let's just get rid of failure. It's it's a process. It's part of the process. You got to try things and see what works. Um, The other uh, thing is you're never done. So often we keep going, but when am I going to arrive? When have I made it? When are people proud of me? When do I get the trophy? You don't. Because the moment you reach whatever milestone you just got to, you're already looking ahead to the next one. You forgot you even had a milestone goal Mm -hmm. and you just keep going, man, I'm exhausted. When am I there? When am I arrived? You never arrive. It's a long journey. And that's the exciting part. And it's Mm -hmm. so hard to get. I heard that it's the journey, not the end. I heard that all through my life. It didn't actually click until like five years ago where I'm like, oh, You, you, you know, I, and I love that because you always feel like you get to one chapter, you're like, oh, what's the next thing? Like, you know, yeah. I should be complete in my heart, but I'm still hungry. You know, what, what what's up? So, you know, how I do it with my kids is I always say, hey, everything's a graph, you know, and the day the pencil breaks on the graph is the day you need to worry. Not until, you know, not before that. This thing's just going to constantly be doing ups and downs. So get so get ready for the roller coaster, guys. Um, well, hey, Leah, thank you so much for uh, for for sharing today, and uh, you know, for your mission. And and again, I mean, I've I've used this so many times here, but this is so factual in this case. This is planting the seeds of entrepreneurship in 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 young minds and in their parents' minds too to say, hey, this is okay. Because that that's another part that you have to get across, you know, is you have to explain to the powers that be that, no, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be this. I want to create my own destiny and, and do my best to do so. And, and you help them do that. So I salute you and I, and I thank you for, uh, for, for your work in that mission. My pleasure. <laughs> Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. 
In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Mm-hmm.